Welcome, everybody, to episode 146 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Um, we, get, we, we talked about this a little while back, that we've been a little bit lazy in, uh, in getting guests and, and having fun topics, uh, so we figured we'd change that. We have a guest on with us tonight. We're going to do another collector conversation, which it seems like it's probably been almost a year since we've done one of these. And I'm really excited because, uh, you know, if, if you listen to Risk Cheese Radio or maybe if you listen to the Blunt Instruments podcast, you recognize uh, who we have on. We have at Omega Bond Watches, Lorenzo. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on today. This is uh, it's kind of exciting. I haven't been invited onto a watch podcast in a while other than Risk Cheese, which I did two with them. So this is a great way to kind of flex these watch muscles. Yeah, no, we're excited. Uh, you know, I think there's there's definitely some some shared interests among the three of us, uh, as, as we were talking about before uh, before we started recording. But um, we're really excited to have you on. And we always start with a, a wrist check and a drink check. So, Lorenzo, what are you drinking and what is on wrist? So, right now I'm drinking a sugar-free Red Bull because I'm f- feeling a, a slight tired. I had a long week. <laughs> and uh, on my wrist, I got my No Time to Die Diver 300M, a.k.a. 007 edition. I don't know what officially people like to call it everyone calls it the no time to die which i wish they would have just named it that <laughs> but uh no uh this is a this is a great like every dare for me I, I love the weight of it and it's very comfortable so i got that on and i got the matching uh seamaster ring that goes with it oh That's sweet neat. i did not know they made a seamaster ring that came with that here i'll give you a little close-up sorry listeners you can't see it but it's great oh, to titanium is- and it's basically got the scalped bezel that's pretty cool. Edges, that's, so. that's really sick. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, that's neat. That's awesome. What about you guys? What are you guys drinking? Buzzman, what have you got? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, had a big weekend here at uh, at the Buzz Estate, so we're just having some big low Earl Grey decaf tea uh, tonight. Oh, I love Earl Grey tea. Yeah, it, it, it works. It works. I... Uh, for earlier in the day, I uh, in the mornings finally picked up some uh, PG Tips, which is apparently England's number one uh, tea, just a, a straight black tea, and find that very good. But obviously, I do not want the caffeine at, at this part of of the night. So, uh, decaf Earl Grey it is. Um, I'm a wrist. Got my Tudor Black Bay Fifty Eight. Uh, there's just this cyclic thing about how it's attached to my wrist, and and we are due very <laughs> soon to go back to the stock oyster. Um, but we, we are forestalling the 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 movement in the in the cycle here. Uh, it, it is on a strap tonight. Uh, it is. On, I think I know which direction you're going to. Uh, not, I didn't go full the direction that you thought I was okay. going. Uh, I, yeah. I do have though a, a missized uh, bond strap, uh, NATO strap, but it's just, just the, uh, the black and gray, like uh, ghost bond, if you will. It's not the full one, but because it's of the stripes, people kind of lump it in. Uh, this one is only an 18 millimeter. So it's not the, the fear, Full ridiculosity of uh, the mm-hmm. 16 millimeter Bond Regimental that I have for it, but you know it works. Very cool. Well, uh, I did my best with the ingredients that I had to mix a Vesper Martini. So I've got not not Gordon's gin. We got I think it's Bombay. I've got 
some Smirnoff, which is or no, not Smirnoff. It's a different one because the only Smirnoff we had was a strawberry. <laughs> um, and I've got I didn't have Lillette, Didn't go out and get some. We had some for a long time, but it did it did turn on us. So I've got you know just it's really just kind of a, a mixed martini, but it does have the lemon slice in it. So I'm trying there. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to make it as close as I can on short. We're gonna notes, call it a modified. I, yeah, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, modified Vesper. Um, and I uh, I am also wearing a Seamaster Professional on my wrist, but I have the uh, the black and white version. And Polar I have bear. got it on a, uh, a a standard, you know, the, the green, uh, black, and red uh, Bond NATO strap. It is a 20 millimeter, though, not a 16, uh, <laughs> a la Sean Connery from um, uh, Gold, Goldfinger. So, <laughs> yeah, Buzz has been known to rock that look every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> it, Okay, upside, it, it's sweet, it's rakish, and it's ridiculous. And sometimes ridiculous is a good thing. Downside, you're you're leaving a lot of uh, you know delicate uh, spring bar mechanism uh, out yeah. there. You may find out the the hard way uh, about the desirability of having a single piece of fabric holding both spring bars on. Right. I mean, you, you, you may pop one accidentally and have your, your watch just, you know, hanging by a single spring bar. So I can't say that I would recommend it to anyone uh, on, on a conventional watch for like serious wear. That being said, if you had got one pretty cheap and you wanted to, you know, fiddle around the house with it. Um, it's it's funny. It, it's good. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever put in a, uh, a NATO that small, and it would drive me crazy. <laughs> like I'm a like I'm a perfectionist, so like it, just looking at it, uh, that right there is giving me like borderline <laughs> anxiety right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's that, and it's when people put like oversized natos on their watches that are too big, and I'm just like, it's just like rolling over the lugs, and you're just like, oh my god, tuck it in, <laughs> like, please, for the love of God. So probably oh, you should should not. If you have, yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't already, maybe maybe don't follow Langa on a nato, but maybe do follow Langa on a nato. <laughs> it, it depends on what yeah. your feelings are um, to overcoming yeah. your. Uh, your whole anti-missized natos via aversion therapy. <laughs> so yeah. what's the key to that? Is it just like you you do it and you just never look at your wrist? Is that how you get well, by? Well, <laughs> you can watch somebody else do it. So our, our buddy, he's been on the show. Um, he's he's, he's out, in, out on the East Coast, but he has a platinum uh, Lana 1 that he wears on various NATO straps that are sometimes the right size, sometimes not the right size, very loud, very, it's, it, it, the whole concept is just to be as ridiculous as possible. Um, he even, he even did a, uh, with loom paint that could be removed from the crystal, did a dot over 90 a la the Speedmaster on his Lana on the crystal, um, in loom. It was, it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen, but, uh, he's, it's a fun follow. So if you want to, do you want to live vicariously through mismatched, uh, missized NATO straps or, or, or work on it from afar, just like by by not having to do it yourself, but watch somebody else do it. I would recommend that. That might help you get over your fear. It is. I mean, it's not really a fear. It's just more or less of a, it's, it's like a co- complex for me. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it's baby steps. So I used to not change my straps at 
all. It used to be like however it was worn in the movie, that's how I would wear my watches. And now I'm like, ooh, like Alcantara or like you know, leather, <laughs> Safiano. Like I'm like, give me all the different materials you can uh, of straps that work. And you know, you kind of figure out what it is you like. Sure. Well, I mean, let's let's go ahead and dive right in, um, which I have a sneaking suspicion that divers might dominate the collection a little bit, uh, given the the, the the topic matter, uh, the topic at hand. But, you know, Lorenzo, walk us through just kind of kind of how you got into watches. I, I have a sneaking suspicion we know what might be part of the origin story, but like there's everyone's got a unique take on it. Uh, maybe it was the video game. Maybe it was a movie. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to like what what started scratching like what 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 kind of made you take that take the plunge and decide okay i'm going all in on this and then let's let's talk about that first buying experience <laughs> sure um well like everyone of our age group golden high 64 was like <laughs> the the thing you know and that wasn't what brought me to the watches that was just my introduction to bond you know so when I saw my first James Bond film. It was like a year after I'd been playing Goldeneye, I, and you know I figured out that these are connected. Like you know, when you're a kid, you don't have you know you don't really comprehend that. Oh, this game is attached to a film franchise, you know. So everything came in order, you know. And I had just moved to Maryland from California when I was nine, so I was fairly young. And I saw Tomorrow Never Dies. That was the first Bond film I ever saw. We rented it from Blockbuster definitely dating myself right now <laughs> and at the end of that film you know there's a scene where um pierce brosnan uses his diver to like set off this glass breaker that has a grenade in it to create a distraction well that scene where it lights up i was fascinated by that like that was what did it so but it's not as simple as like just seeing a watch on a movie screen that like makes you want to like have that watch it's more or less what happened after that so I see that I'm like, Oh, that's a James Bond watch, you know, and you slowly start understanding what an Omega is. Then I saw golden eye and you know, the laser and I'm like, okay, now this is two things connected to this watch. So now I'm like really, you know, like invested in it to figure out what it's all about. So we, on Saturdays, my family would, we would go to the mall, you know, and my mom and my sister would do her own thing. And my dad would hang out in the food court and across from the food court, there was this jewelry store in white marsh maryland and it was called uh litman's jewelers and they carried omega back then because omega didn't have boutiques so walk in there 12 year old me by myself and there's this lady standing there her name's connie and i mean she's got to be like why the hell is this 12 year old kid like walking in this jewelry store <laughs> so like i'm like you know i, I like kind of like you know waddle in there and i'm like uh you know do you have any uh omegas and she's like oh i do so, I mean, in the watch world, you know, that's going to, they're going to consider that enough because that's a customer, you know, which is kind of, <laughs> kind of shitty, but every time, man, she would, she would give up her up just to spend time with me, which was really cool. And I mean, she would take it out of the case. I'd get to put it on and touch it and, you know, like ask all these ridiculous questions. Like, does it light up? Does it have a glass breaker? You know, you're, you're a kid. You, your imagination is just running wild. So, you know, back the laser, you know. Yeah, yeah the laser yeah, extra. <laughs> I know for real. So um she uh I was like, How much is it? And she's like, Oh, it's eighteen hundred and you know, the quartz is like fourteen, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, 
that's so much money. And nowadays I'd be like, oh my God, I'll take 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1800 um, or 1400. You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my God, what happened? Why aren't those prices here anymore? Um, so that was, so that was my introduction. That was where the like love of Omega kind of started, you know? And of course being a kid, I asked my parents, can I have one? They just laughed in my face. Well, I got the last laugh. Cause when I got my first Omega, I would, it was for my 21st birthday and they asked me what do you want? And I've had some time away from bond at this point, you know, you graduate and you start, you know, get into college and figuring out, you know, life on your own and stuff like that. And they asked me, like, what do you, you know, what's something you'd like? And I was like, you know, I'd really like an Omega, you know, just, just kind of just throwing it out there. I have no idea what they cost. Nothing at this point. I'm still thinking it's an $1,800 watch. Well, this cool thing called coaxial movement came out and now they're like $4,500. <laughs> so it was funny. They ended up getting me the limited edition James Bond collector's piece from quantum of solace, which was like out of 10,007 pieces. And it was the same diver that Daniel Craig wore in casino, except for it was all black. And instead of the, the wave dial it was like a black lacquer dial. So it was very clean looking. And then on the counterweight of the seconds hand, there was a double seven in red. So I was like, Oh, this is cool. It's like limited edition. It'll mark my 21st birthday. This is the watch I'm getting. And I'm going to die with this watch. And like, I'll never need another watch again. I got the watch I need. So, um, I, in jokingly, I told them after I opened it, I was like, bet you're wishing you bought me that watch about like eight years ago. Aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) So, So they thought it was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they're like you you would beat it up and i'm just like yeah well you're you probably know, right a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so i had that watch for a long time and you know i loved it. it it was my daily wear i didn't care that you know it was limited edition or anything like that i didn't know anything about you know swiss watch etiquette or anything like that so like i just beat that thing to shit like i mean Anywhere I went, I wore that thing every single day, you know, no like servicing, no nothing, just and thing kept ticking. And it was amazing. So, I mean, that was kind of like my introduction and my first piece, you know, to, to kind of get it going. I know I left you on a cliffhanger there. I didn't really go into what happened next. <laughs> no, no, but that's good. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because you, did you, like prompt them at all with anything in spe- like any spe- any specificity on on like the particular watch did they kind of did you give them like looser guidelines saying hey you know an omega would be nice for the 21st birthday and then they centered on that one i'm kind of curious as to how you arrived at that specific watch okay so i was <laughs> it's kind of funny because i'm glad you asked that because there was like some circling the drain here like I wanted the one that Daniel Craig wore at the end of Casino Royale, which is the standard blue diver, but it was a coaxial movement because it looked like the Brosnan. But back then I didn't really know there was a difference. I was just like, Oh, this is the one that was in Casino Royale. So I was just like, okay, that's the one I want. But then they came out this limited edition and that's when planet ocean came out. You know, Daniel Craig wore that all through the movie. Honestly, I hated the design of that watch at that time. Like it just, (laughs) I was like, this isn't the bond watch. You know, you grow up seeing one thing and you're like, this is it, you know? So I didn't really understand, you know, what that was at that time. So I'll tell you now, I love that watch. It's a great watch, but, um, I was set on the blue one, but then when they had the black one, I was like, wow, I've never seen a black one and it being limited edition. And I was like, black goes with more, 
it was just enough to sway me into asking for that one. And finally, you know, the funny thing is the night I opened it up because they gave it to me, you know, at midnight. Um, my mom had got me the standard model that had the black waves and I kind of opened it up and I was like still excited, but she like looked at me and she's like, what's wrong? Cause I was expecting to see this like black box and all yeah. this. And I was like, you know, I didn't want to be rude. You know, obviously this is a very big gift. And I was just like, look, I'm so appreciative. This is amazing. It's just, this isn't quite the one I was hoping for, you know? So <laughs> she's like, no problem. We'll go tomorrow. They said, if, if you want something different, you just come in. So we went back to the, to the store the next day and they still will switch So it was like perfect. But yeah, so I just landed on it because I was like, it's limited edition and you know, it's my 21st birthday. So this is like, I guess it's fitting. <laughs> if I could go back in time and make the decision again, I probably wouldn't pick that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost the difficulty. So even if we restrain, um, Seamaster to purely the 300M or the Bond style, e- even there. Because, I mean, one of my gripes is that, like, they call a bajillion things Seamaster. It's, it, it, it's, yes. it's too wide of a bucket, <laughs> right? But even if we restrict yeah. it only to the Bond type ones, there, there are a ton between all of the LEs for the recent Bond movies, the um, the different colorways, um, and then even some like kind of one like more one off, uh, like I'm thinking like the the, the Necton or um, oh uh, what what what's the one with like the uh, for free divers with the 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 countdown. The apnea. apnea, yeah. Thank you. That's, that's well. So like, and there's I haven't even seen some, that one in forever. Yeah, there's just, even just, some ones like the Commander's Watch. Like the like, I almost bought that one. The 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 flat white dial with the like navy and red bezel. Like that wasn't even for a movie. That was just something yeah. that was Bond adjacent. Uh, like I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's a cool watch. It's just like I started asking myself why. You know, like that's where my head goes. Like, I love the concept, but I wish it would be more tied to the franchise in a way that it's being utilized. I mean, he wore Daniel Craig wore it when he announced he was coming back for Bond 25, aka No Time to Die. So, when he was on Colbert. So, I mean, there is that little connection there, but it wasn't like, you know, this official thing. So, I mean, does it get a little gimmicky? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it, it it's hard to it's hard to pick one and feel like you're going to be like super contented forever with it cuz there's so many options there. Well, back it's, in the day, you remember like Pierce used to used to wear the same watch in like every yeah. film. Like I mean, other than GoldenEye, it was like the same watch. I mean, just the movement was different, you know, little, little design difference between GoldenEye and the other three did. And then, you know, when Daniel Craig came on scene and turned into two watches in a film, then three watches in a film. And then, you know, now there's like two watches in a film and a hidden vintage in a film. And you just like, you're like, what is happening right now? <laughs> you know, like, like, why is there so many watches on bond all of a sudden? But I mean, I guess it's kind of cool for me because then it's just like, you're looking forward to that next piece that's coming out with the next film. Well, I think it's interesting because the one that the one that you're wearing right now, like that watch came out because of the delays with COVID 
it came out what it was supposed to be like a month or so before that the film the film came out and then it ended up coming out like two years before we ever saw it on screen um which was just wild <laughs> it was that was a nightmare for me so like they announced it on the 29th of november and they started taking deposits on the 5th of december of 2019 i put my deposit down on the 15th of december and then they're like okay we're going to expect delivery in february and the movie was coming out and at that point it was supposed to come out in april and so i'm like okay cool so february comes and goes and you know like covid's becoming a thing and they're like, oh, you know, like, and, I, and at this point, I still haven't held one. I'm just seeing images of it. And I was still kind of like, you know, I collect them. So I, I was okay with it. Like, I was like, all right, fine. Like, I'm not really into it, but it's part of the collection. So I have to have it. And I remember they'd called me in uh, early, early March. Like, I think it was like the second. And I, I went in and I saw it and they only had it on the NATO strap. And I was convinced that this watch, if you buy it, you have to have it on the Melanie's. Like, there's no exception. And so, like, I saw it and I was like, okay. I was all in at that point because I was like, God, this thing's, like, very beautiful. I love the color, the texture of it. It's very different than what, you know, we've ever seen from Omega, especially with that anodized oscillic aluminum bezel. Um, and it just was like, wow, like it was just a very different looking watch. And then the weight, like the weight of the titanium I was just like, I never had a titanium watch. So I was like really all in on it as a collector. And so they didn't have it for me. And I ended up going to another place, watch of Switzerland across the street. And they overnighted one from New York for me. And I got it two days before the strip shut down. So <laughs> I joke with my wife that that was my baby bottle during COVID to like, keep me sane, you know, like, cause like, I mean, I just was like, you know, sh- poor her, we were just starting to date and I was driving her up the wall with that watch, you know, like every day I'm talking about it and it's like this obsession, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's a great watch. It, they did a really good job on it. It was something we hadn't seen before. The bracelet was very different. Um, it was, you know, I can see why it's done really well, you know, as far as people wanting it and the desire for it. And then the best part about it was, is you don't have 007 stamped all over it. You know, like a person who's not in the bond that is a watch collector can actually buy this piece and enjoy it. So I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. A, a clear uh, turning point to stuff that was um, more, uh, more, more chill. More, more relaxed, less obvious, and I think that was a move for a better with all all the LEs. Um, like oh, for sure. Like the the uh, the new one where it's just on the back that the the movement creates the optical illusion of of the opening sequence. To me, that's such an incredible, such a cool way of doing it. Right. I mean that that's super over the top, but it's all right because it's on the back. Like you can check it out if you want to, but most of the time, you, you know, you're you're not going to 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 see it at all. Right. It's funny because like I'm I'm getting I'm gearing up to do a YouTube video on like a I, it's going to be a deep dive into that watch. You know, because I did like a little like when the release came out, uh, I did a like a small like oh you know like this is my my quick thoughts with uh david zaritsky of the bond experience uh on his youtube and 
we talked about it and kind of went in the depth about, you know, what we saw, but now that I've had time to kind of digest the release and really pick through the watch and look at all the little details. I still haven't seen one in person yet, which that's always my final test. Like I like to see pieces in person. Um, but there's a lot I have to say about this watch. I think there's a lot of things that are great about it. I think it's not for everyone. (laughs) I'll be the first to say that. Um, Am I going to get it? I have a really good feeling I will. Um, and, and I'll be honest, the thing on the, the case back uh, animation, incredible technology. I appreciate it. But if that was there or not there, that would not make a difference in why I would want it. So, I mean, that alone is like not even part of my, my factoring of wanting one. So I completely agree with you, though. Like, it's there if you want it. It's there if you don't. It's uh. I think it's interesting how they brought back that old wave dial, like the way they oh. did it. Because that, I mean, I, I I absolutely love the way they do it on the new ceramic ones, like the watch that I'm wearing now. I just I think they the, the way they've laser engraved the ceramic dial is fantastic. But it's really cool to see that old looking dial in a newer package. I think that mm-hmm. is that to me. I mean, I'd love to see one in person, but I think it's it's interesting because you've got the applied indices on it. But you've got something like that looks like one of the old printed dials. It just it's it it takes a while for your for your mind to wrap around what you're looking at. But it's 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 really sweet. Yeah, that that aspect of that watch was like that is one of the huge things for me. That is why I want it. You know, that original wave dial is just like gives such a great texture to it. And there's just you know you get those like chills. Like you start thinking back to the original and. I just love that, you know, the waves go almost to the edge of the dial. So, like, you're not seeing, like, you know, the end of it. You get that feel of, like, you know, waves in the ocean. And for me, it's nostalgia. Like, like that's what I'm feeling with this watch. But then it's got that modern, sleek look. And I'm very sick and tired of faux patina on the Bond watch. So, I am like, please, for the love of God, give me a break of this. Because, like, I just can't do one more brown loom or I'm going to lose my mind. You know, so like I wanted something fresh, clean. Navy's like my favorite color of all time. So it's ticking a lot of boxes for me as from a personal standpoint. And I think, I think for, for everyone else, you know, not every watch is going to speak to you. And for me, it's just like, I don't really like collecting the anniversary watches. I know my first one was, and I know I kind of joked with you guys before we got on here that if I could go back in time, that probably wouldn't have picked that one, but now it's special because I did. But since then, I haven't bought an anniversary watch. But this one, it's it's different. It just hits different, you know, and that that that's fine. So let's let's get let's jump back into the collection. So you've got you've got the anniversary watch, and like you said, you you beat the thing to hell. Like you've been wearing yeah. it all the time, all day, every yeah. day. And so you're twenty one everywhere. At the time. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, how like you said, that's the watch you're gonna die in. <laughs> we, we all know, I mean, yeah, you bury me in that water. Buzzy and I both know that, like, you, you you buy the one and you're like, you're looking at other things and you're like, okay, there's another movie out or there's this, this came out. I mean, how, how, how did you decide to make the plunge? And what was the second watch in the collection? <laughs> okay, so. Because I feel like the second one is where it starts to snowball. At least it did for me. So like, this. The second one's going to be the one. <laughs> So I say this to all my friends and, and all the collectors I talk to because they're like, Lorenzo, you know, like how'd this happen? You know? And I say the same thing to them when they get their first one. I'm like, 
it's not the first one you gotta worry about it's the fucking second one you gotta worry about because then you realize you can have more than one yes and then you start then you start that little sickness in your head just starts saying like oh well i need one for this and then i need one for this but this one's really you know that i like this one because it has the like the one thing is different about this one versus the other one and you just well, start you like, an aqua terra in the one movie so like that that watch you can wear all the time that's not even a dive watch like that's great everyday wear oh <laughs> and then yeah but then you're like but now he has a 45 a 41.5 millimeter one so you're like well i need a mid-size and i need a full-size one so you just start like giving yourself <laughs> the most ridiculous reasons to continue on and and to buy these things and i'll be honest like it it took a little while to kind of get comfortable with the concept of just like okay i'm gonna go swipe my card now for like seven eight nine ten thousand dollars and it's gonna be gone just like that (laughs) like like, it's just like you know what and it's it's just that progression of like oh it's okay oh it's okay and you just keep going up the ladder if you would have told me by the time I was 35, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd spend like 15, 20 grand on a watch and be okay with it. I think you're out of your mind. Like, that's just an insane amount of money. But then, you know, you start collecting, you start growing, you start becoming more comfortable and you start understanding design differently and you're more willing because you, you actually get more invested in these things, you know? So it's this journey. Like, that, that's how I would describe it. So the second one I got, it was the blue one I originally wanted from Casino Royale. So it's basically the exact same watch I had, just it was blue (laughs) and not limited edition. And I was like, okay, I have a screen accurate watch. I'm done. I'm not buying anymore. So that was a 26. So that was five years later. So that was, to me, that was a pretty long time to go. And this was the first one I bought for myself. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. Like to finally like, okay, I'm buying this for myself. But then it was like, oh, I can buy them for myself. So it was like this double-edged sword of like... It hits different. It hits you like, oh, shit, I just spent this. And then you're like, but I did it and I'm okay. Which means I can do it again. (laughs) Well, if I go through my timeline, like, do you guys use Chronos 24 to like kind of track your collections at all? Yep. I'm sure you do. Most collectors do that. So like, you know how like when you put a watch in, there's like the graph and it shows you like how long in between and you know your value and all that. Well, I'm noticing as I go along through my timeline, the dots start getting closer and closer and the values start going higher and higher. And I'm like, this is not how this is supposed to work. (laughs) It's interesting when it's put on a graph in front of you, you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, like, (laughs) what are you doing? I mean, by now I could have had an Aston Martin, I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, shit. But, um, yeah, so that was the second one. And then... um, I, after that, I was kind of content because now I have a blue watch and I have a black watch and uh specter had come out already. So I had a NATO. So I was like starting to change straps out. And man, I took that, I took that watch tool to that spring bar tool to my, my lugs and I carved me up some good, good metal right there, <laughs> like just changing it in and out, not knowing anything about changing watch straps. You know, I'm glad it was on the first one because I would not put the black strap on my blue one. So that first one, God, it, poor child. It still hasn't gone in yet. I almost feel like it's anti-religious to send that one in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got <laughs> that one. You got to let all the all the scratches. Yeah, you got you got. Yeah, I, 
I've had that debate like oh, time and time again. I'm like, do I just send it and have it? I mean, it has to go in now because it's it's out of spec. I think it's running like minus eleven. Yeah, I just had it tested. I was like, shit, it's got to go in now. Golden Boy has had its final, final <laughs> it's on its final leg. Needs a little lube and a little polish, you know. Like, oh, I mean, I could let them not polish it, but where are you guys on that? Like about polishing watches and not polishing them? Like, what camp do you fall in? So, um, obviously, the uh, current sentiments uh, of the time are: don't ever polish anything ever, um, because. Well, you know, there are some watches that are like super valuable and those are far more valuable if they're in their original condition instead of refinished. Like we're, we're looking at you, um, virtually every, uh, Rolex, right. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm more of a, um, I'm, I'm of two minds on this, right. Because at the end of the day, um, unless you are talking about uh, some incredibly god-awful rare watch where you would have a very clear financial incentive to preserve its condition uh, and, and not uh, destroy its uh, value by polishing. Um, there are very few watches that are like that, right? So don't, yeah. don't let that concept... Um, you know, don't, don't let it guide all, all of your decisions, right? Like my, um, Breitling Colt chronograph, which is obviously not, uh, super rare nor super valuable. Um, when I, I got that, I got that one used, I, I get a lot of watches used uh, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was beat to shit, but it, it, that's a watch with a lot of polished surfaces. And I, when I send it in, um, yeah, I, I had them refinish it. And, you know, like the, the class, there's less definition on that than I would like. But overall, and, and it's not like when it's polished, it will go back to pristine. Like you can still see um, a little bit of wear, but that was the right decision for, for that one. Um, you know, I... I, I wear my watches like no, nothing's going to stay pristine. Class are going to get scratched. And um, so like if that makes you feel better, you know, to have, have it refinished, I, I'd say go for it. I, I'm not so few watches are rare and going to have their value destroyed by, by a good refinishing, especially if it's someone that knows what they're doing. So I think that is kind of where I would fall on that yeah. is if you're sending it back, if you're sending it into like through the AD network, through Omega, through the boutique, they're obviously not going to butcher your watch. Yeah. So I think yeah. that is the one thing to say, Hey, if, it's, <laughs> if you're sending it to the brand and they're, they're going to be the ones doing the refinishing, yeah. you're in good hands. Now me, I'm, I'm largely, I buzzy. I agree with everything you said, everything you said. And I don't own any watches anymore that I would be like, I can't, I can't have anybody touch this. Um, now, would I do that? I don't know because I like knowing that I put those scratches there to a degree. Um, now, at a certain point, if something starts to look really beat up, you're like, okay, like maybe maybe you don't take everything out. Like, let's clean this. Let's clean this up a little bit. I haven't collected watches for long enough, nor owned anything long enough that I've actually looked at a watch and even, and said, okay, yeah, this is looking pretty bad. Even the 
the, the watch that I've had the longest, which is a Citizen EcoDrive diver that I wear all the time. Does like almost looks brand new. I don't know, like the, the, the coatings that the Japanese put on their watches are pretty damn impressive because like that, and I have a couple of pretty awesome Seikos that like I've had for four, three, four years now, and I wear those things hard, and like there's nary a scratch on them, which is Dia Shield. It's impressive. Um, <laughs> but the watch that I'm wearing now is going to one of my boys. And I have two other watches that are going to my boys. And I tend to wear those for special occasions for them, like on a day, like first day of school, things like that, or I'll wear them like when I'm coaching basketball for one of them or something like that. I always like to, I want them to look back on it and say like, oh, there's there's a picture of, you know, me and dad at basketball. Oh, and he's wearing the watch that I'm now wearing. So for those, I don't think I'll ever have those refinished just because now now once they're theirs, if they want them refinished, That's that's on them, but like I want to hand them the watch that I wore for all of the events for them, and that they can see that it was worn. Um, now, and this is this is my this is only my opinion, and what I would say, Lorenzo, is that particular watch, that one. Anything else in your collection that you wear, I would say, yeah, get it refinished. But that one, that first one, I don't know. That's the one where I'd be like, man, that like. <sighs> If it's looking really bad, like I get it, and like Buzzy said, you're you're still gonna see signs of life in that watch. You're absolutely still gonna see signs. Of yeah. Life. But to me, that first one that, that you've had the longest—that's I'm a sentimental person with stuff like that, and that's the that's literally the only thing that's pulling up my strings right. I was like, man, you had that watch since you were 21, and you wore the hell you wore the shit out of it. And if it still looks, it probably looks pretty badass too. Like with all the scratches, it looks pretty well lived in. Like I don't know that I'd. That might be the only one. <laughs> so I, I, as we're talking about this, I'm sitting here and I'm like thinking about it and I'm just remembering. So last Sunday I took a friend slash client down to LA to pick up a watch for his wife. Good friends of mine, uh, DJ and Meredith uh, Henderson. And she was picking up the money penny DeVille. Ooh. And when I was there, I brought my watches down. That's how I knew it was running 11 seconds late. Um, and I, <laughs> I had them send in the bracelet for refinishing. I just remember I did that. So the bracelet went in. So I know it's coming back fully polished. So now I'm pretty much like well, committed. Yeah. Do I just send the case in? And I have a scratch in the sapphire of that watch. I hit it in the stock room at work. I remember it was like two months after I got it. I hit it so I hit this piece of metal that's kind of sticking out so hard that it put like a scratch at the eleven marker. It's probably about the size of like half a dime. And it's just like, it's been there since, you know, but I need to get that yeah. replaced because I mean, that affects the, the, you know, the, um, water functionality. Of water. Yeah. yeah. Water resistant. Yeah. Yeah. That, that With, anything. Yeah. Anything that would harm like the, the yeah. water resistance is a big deal. <laughs> okay. You guys ready to cringe? So <laughs> in, 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 or in, let's see, uh, labor day. What is that? Like September, late August. Sept- early September, but yeah. Yeah, early September. So yeah, it was like, yeah, I remember now. Early September, I was at my buddy's pool party. Um, and DJ and Meredith were visiting us in Vegas. And I'm in the pool talking to them. And I have my bras and automatic on. And everything's all good. And I like pull my wrist up to see what time it is. And there is like a small swimming pool like in my case. And I'm like, oh my God. And I immediately check. My crown's closed. <laughs> My my helium valves closed, and I was like, "That's gasket failure. It has to be." Uh, and so, 
by the time I got to the boutique, um, so this was Monday. So I got to the boutique the next day, like in the date window, it got orange because the oil had seeped up through. And I was like, I'm so fucked. <laughs> so, so I give it, I gave it to him and I was like, send it in right now. So it got there. I think on Friday, they, uh, they got a response from, from, uh, the service center in LA and they're like, this watch is headed to Switzerland. So, so uh, it goes to Switzerland. And then in early December, I get a call and they're like, so it's going to be like $1,500 and we're going to replace the dial, the hands and all this shit on it. And I was like, well, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and just replace the crystal and the bezel and the inserts? <laughs> Let's just build a whole new watch here. <laughs> and that thing came back last week. And let me tell you, I feel like I walked into Littman Jewelers in White Marsh, Maryland and bought that watch from Connie. <laughs> it looks brand spanking new. I put a video up on my Instagram and it just, oh man, like I felt like I went back in time with that watch. Like it came back and it looked pristine. Like I had never, like that watch never looked like it when I, when I got it. And the funny story is, is that one I got, I got that one last year. I was with my buddy uh, whose pool party is that his name's Ty. And he lives down the street. And one of our hobbies is we go pawn shopping. And I, he's like, he got into watches heavy because of me during COVID. And he owns four now. And he was just like, I was like, stop showing me watches because I'm going to want to buy something. And so we're walking in this pawn shop. He's like, well, if there's a bond watch in here, I was like, if there's a bond watch in this pawn shop, I'll buy it. And, but I'm looking for a specific one. And it was that one. Of course, they had the one I needed. So I walked in and I was like, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> like I got such a good deal on it too. It was a grand. I was nice. like, that's a smoking deal that a on steal. that. Yeah. That is a yeah. steal. Wow. Yeah. So pro tip, always check your pawn shops out for watches. Just make sure you have the serial numbers run before you buy it. <laughs> so the pawn shops, like if you guys, if you give me, if you give us a shout out, we'll let you like take it for a grand. I think they were selling it for like 1500. And they gave me 500 off because I just gave him a shout out. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> no <laughs> problem. Wonderful thing. That is a, that is a fantastic. Thing. By the way, slight aside. I love the fact that the sales lady at Outlet Jewelers name is Connie and Omega has the constellation yeah. line. Uh, I know. So <laughs> perfect. So good. It's fantastic. So I went back there when was it it was maybe like four or five years ago and she just was getting ready to retire and i hadn't seen her in a long time and i remember like walking in and she recognized me and she's like oh like she couldn't believe it like you know i was 12 (laughs) like now here i am i'm like almost 30 years old and, you know, I walked up to her and I was like, you know, because they don't carry Omega anymore. And I, I told her, I was like, I really wanted to buy a watch from you, an Omega from you. But I said, I said, I have 10 now. At that point, I had 10. And I was like, thank you so much. You know, I thanked her and she gave me a hug and she's like, I knew you were going to get one. I was like, I got more than one, <laughs> you know. So I think I was wearing my Spectre in that day. And she like looked at it and she's like, that's perfect, you know, so. I went back like recently back to Maryland for a buddy's wedding. I tried to find her and obviously she retired, but um, 
I think the general manager like still had contact with her. I was like, Tara said hello, you know, and like pass all my information to her. But I would love to like get a picture with her, you know, just to, like <laughs> have it, you know, for you know, frame it or something, you know, it'd be cool. It's where it all started. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's just you know, and you know, a lot of people talk about you know going into a store versus buying online, and this is where the the service aspect becomes very huge with these brands, you know, and the experience. I mean, if if I would have walked in there and she would have ignored me, yeah. I mean, who knows, you know, who knows what I would have thought about the brand as a kid an impressionable kid, you know, maybe I don't care then maybe I'm like, Oh, this is stupid. No one wants to like treat me like an adult or like take me seriously. So I don't need one. So I think it's always better to welcome people into the hobby and Sherpa people in and say like, look, no, this is great. This is my perspective. This isn't what you have to do, but this is why I like it. And you have to like nurture these new collectors in and let them figure it out on their own and just be there as, you know, a guide almost. But I don't try to push people in a certain direction. I just try to show them the doors that are open that they can open, you know? So I think that's um, a good way to get more people into the hobby. Oh, for sure. Agreed. I mean, the the watch that I'm wearing right now, and we, we talked about this on, geez, episode two, and I've brought it up a couple of other <laughs> times. Um, I just so happen to be, so this is the one that's going to our second board. Um, I, I'm lucky enough that, you know, my wife and I were, were, were buying heirloom pieces as the kids, you know, were being born, and I've got three boys, so lucky me. Um, <laughs> Just kind of, just kind of how it worked out. Um, You're gonna need more watches, right? Well, so I've got three, <laughs> three boys, and I've got, I've got like 17, 18, 19 watches, something like that. And each, each of them has their own. They don't know that it's theirs yet, but they all ask. They all always ask the same question. They're not uh, does it turn? To the They're not listeners yet. Uh, they, 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 they ask, <laughs> does it turn? Uh, because they know that some watches turn, and then sometimes they ask, why does it turn both ways for the GMTs and the yeah. and the Turnagrass? Why does it turn both ways? How come this one doesn't turn both ways? Uh, trying to explain the concept of a dive timer uh, n- n- is lost on uh, kids five and under at this point. But um, <laughs> I, I knew this was the watch that I wanted for our second uh, because it, I have a criteria. It has to a watch, the watch that I buy for them has to have been released the year they were born. So that's cool. Um, that's a so good way to do th- it. This it, it 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 just it just so happened that way because the first watch that I bought for our first was a Tudor Black Bay with the steel bezel that came out in 2017. Um, I, I had thought for sure I was getting a, a blue dial, essentially the, the one from Casino Royale, the blue dial. I thought I was getting that watch. Like I was a huge Bond fan, was thinking, all right, yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a Seamaster. That's the watch I'm getting, you know, been a Bond fan. It's done deal. The Bond watch, Wrap yeah. Up. And then and then like I was trying to figure it all out and I was looking at prices and there was a little bit of sticker shock because I didn't really know much about watches at the time and trying to figure all this out. And then we settled on our first name and we may have, it wasn't named after, but the name that we settle on just so happens to be the same name as one of the prominent actors who played James Bond. So I'm like, okay, we're going to name him this. And we liked the name, not because of that, but it was like, Oh, it's a name you don't hear as often. It's kind of a unique name, but it's a, it's a nice name. Um, and we had this all picked out and I was like, Ooh, can I can I really get him a Bond watch um, mm. and name him that? And it'd be like, okay, and that's a little too on the nose. And then I came up with a criteria, and there wasn't one released that year, so I settled with the two, and I really loved that watch. But in 2019, this watch came out, and they had just done the new wave dials the year before, and then right. the white dial came out. I was like, oh, it's gorgeous. Like I was so excited that this was the watch. Um, but I, I 
you know, I, I really wanted to have it for his baptism. So he was born in August, he was baptized in November. And I just so happened to go down to Richter and Phillips on the day that their Omega rep was in. Justin. Perfect. Our boy, Justin, um, well, who I see at Whiskey and Watches every year. We go to their event every year and he's there. They have all their reps come in and he is he is just the greatest guy to shoot the breeze with. Um, and I gave him a talking to about the bronze gold and I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, <laughs> the, uh, love that watch, by the no, way. It's a great watch. Uh, but <laughs> My like, wife is in love with it. She's like, can we buy this for us? I was like, we can buy whatever you want for us. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I told him, I was like, Justin... Like, Justin, you either need to come out with a rubber strap for that watch that fits the bronze gold class. He goes, well, just throw it on a NATO. I was like, okay, fine. Then make me a NATO with bronze gold hardware. I'm not buying a bronze gold watch and not having matching hardware. He goes, you know, that's fair. I'm like, thank you. That is fair. (laughs) I'm not going to disagree. You know, like. I don't like the leather strap on the diver as much. It's just like. Oh, it's so not functional. It is. In my book. It is. I'm with you there. It just drives me nuts. (sighs) Yes. 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 Okay, but the first time I met him, I was in there in October. And I like I, I had the first one coming in that Richter was gonna get. And like Blake, our sales guy there, who's now the manager, congrats Blake on the promo. Um, he uh, I had it ordered and essentially it was like I was like, Hey, when are they gonna come in? And he's like, Yeah, he goes, just a little bit of little bit of time. He goes, I think they're gonna come in like you know, mid December. And I was like, All right, that's cool. Like I'm still buying it. It didn't turn me off. I was like I was like, you know, It'd be really cool though if they could come in like the first week of November, like as a, as a joke. Yeah. And um, so, you know, first week of November rolls around, and my family's coming into town. Like they're coming from South Bend down to Cincinnati for the baptism. My mom and my grandparents pull in, and I get a call from Blake. And I'd taken a half day from work. He goes, he goes, hey. I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, you wanted the white dial Seamaster, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, the white and black. On a, on a bracelet, not on the strap. He goes, and, and not the orange, because it was the, the white and orange Planet Ocean had come out that year, too. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He goes, he's like, I just got two of them. I got one on a strap and one on a bracelet. He goes, and I, like, was no call, no nothing. Like, it, they just showed up. And I was like, I was like, really? I was like, I would have figured. He goes, yeah, I would have, Justin normally would have said something. Like, he's like, he goes, do you want it? I'm like, you know I do. And I turned to my wife. She goes, yeah, go. Like, go get it. So I went down, and that watch came the Friday before the baptism on Sunday. Love that. So a month later, I'm at Whiskey and Watches, and Justin's there. I was like, did you? He goes, he goes yeah. He's like, he goes, he goes, I might have had something to do with it. He goes, actually, he's like, we got a, an early shipment. And I told my boss, he's like, I got to get one to Cincinnati. Like, he, like the, um, his, I can't remember whether it's, it's the one for our second or, our, or my third and his second. Like, they're born within a week of each other. Like, Justin, Justin's a great dude. And, like, the fact that, like, he got like that was my first Omega. Like that was like the third watch I had bought from Richter. I was not. I'm not. Still not a heavy hitter client by any means. But like the fact that I was just in the store that day and he was there. And he's like, all right, I got a guy who needs it for a baptism this weekend, and I got one. How can I like? I sent like I'm getting that to Cincinnati, Ohio, and he did, <laughs> and it was just the coolest thing. And like that every time, every time I see him, like it, it's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I was still giving him shit about the strap on the bronze gold Seamaster. <laughs> I mean, just commit. Make a bracelet for it. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Beat the new make bracelet. A bracelet for it. And then so while good. you're at it, go ahead and make a ceramic bracelet for the 300 ceramic. <laughs> be those guys we know you can be. You can do it, Omega. Do it. We believe it. And then when everyone sees the price of that bracelet, they'll, uh, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the best part was. It anyway. It's okay. Yeah. 
So it's okay. So, so you've mentioned the Spectre now a couple of times. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to. I want to know the story behind that one because that that watch is, I think, of all the ones on screen, I think that's my favorite, and I like the oh, model that it's based off of, and I like the new version of that model. Yeah. Uh, but I find myself as I'm aging, and this is hilarious because I told Justin this too about two months, about a month and a half ago. I was like, man, you know, I'm mid thirties getting closer to forties. Like for some reason now, two tone is really speaking to me. Like if you made that like Navy and Sedna, he goes, we made it for 10 years and no one bought it. I was like, I know, <laughs> but the bracelet's better. Justin, the bracelet's better. Work with me. <laughs> it's tapered. It's tapered. <laughs> it's tapered now. It's, it's a tapered. better bracelet. <laughs> like sandwich dial, silver lugs, <laughs> lollipop. We're good. <laughs> He's like, we did it for a decade and you guys didn't buy. I was like, I, I wasn't 35. Uh, I know. Older than yeah. that now, even still, but like. <laughs> oh, man. So it's funny because the Spectre, like, oh, so I'm talking about DJ a lot. He is right now, he was texting me right before I got on with you guys. He's about to get one and he's been struggling with the price and paying so much more than what it was back in the day. And I told him, I was like, dude, if you're going to get that thing, it's now or never. Like, yeah. like, like the, because you know how the cycle goes. Everyone buys the watch. It's sold out. Then people get tired of it that are just casual collectors or like whatever. And then they put it up and then another collector buys it and they hate it. And then they move it on. Eventually gets in the hands of someone that's going to hold on to it. Yeah. So then the numbers just start trickling down of availability. And then that's when the value starts kind of creeping up higher and higher. So I told him, I was like, look, 2017, I didn't get it the first time around. I went to a Spectre event at the Bellagio at, two days before I left for London for Spectre for the premiere. And I went with my mom and I was going to London for the first time. And I was like, there's no hell I could ask my mom to cover this for me. (laughs) You know, can you buy this for me? And then when I, when I get back, I'm going to figure out the financing aspect of it. You know, I couldn't do that. Like I'm 28 years old. I got to be able to figure this out on my own. So I remember like I was just getting out of college then. I didn't really have the money to do it, but I tried to get a card that night so I could finance it. Didn't get approved. So I was just like, whatever, I'll figure it out when I get back. So I go to the trip, come back, and they're gone. They're all sold out. And I was just like, you know, like in my gut, I was like, I'm going to regret that. I'm going to regret that for a long time. So two years tick by and you know, like when you miss out on something, you just like obsess about it. You just keep thinking about it. Like, I mean, pictures on my phone, always, you know, Google searching. It's like, you put a no in. That's the first search that comes up in the thread. You're just like, Oh no. Like the address bar is just saying Omega Seamaster 300 Spectre. Like it is just like, I have to get this watch. So two years tick by and I'm about to sell my house and I'm like, I'm going to make a killing on it. You know, I'm going to make a good chunk of money off this house. And I was like, I have to buy this watch. This is probably the only chance I'm going to get. So I found one on Kronos 24 and it was brand new, never worn stickers on it, everything. And it was in London. Now I've never imported a watch before. (laughs) Let me tell you, it is not for the faint of heart, especially if this is your first like five digit, you know, watch purchase. So here I am. I'm like doing a a bank transfer. Another thing I'd never done before. (laughs) And I'm sending this insane amount of money somewhere. I don't know. And I'm like, well, dear God, like, let's see what happens. So I send the money over and I'm like, okay, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm gonna get this watch in like two days. I'm gonna like be super excited about it. So 
they send the watch out and I'm tracking on FedEx and then it gets to US Customs and then it Dimes. says <laughs> it just says decoration and there's a big red triangle and I'm like what is this? And so you start like researching what it is, customs declaration. What does it mean? Like I, I'm trying to understand two weeks go by and I still don't have this watch. I'm losing my fucking mind. And so finally, like it shows up and the guy hands me an envelope and I'm like, what the hell is this? And he's like, Oh, that's probably like the dues you're going to owe. And I'm thinking it's going to be like another two grand. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to pay this? I think it was like 400 bucks, but like that anxiety of like importing a watch from another country. I was like, I do not like doing it. I don't like talking about it. It just <laughs> makes my skin crawl. I just don't do it anymore. If I can't like, if I ha- absolutely have to, I will, but I don't like doing it. I've only done it two other times since. So I got, that's how I got the watch. I got at, in uh, December of 2017 and I paid a little over 10 grand for it. So I mean a healthy amount over the the retail price of seventy five hundred. When the funny but thing about I love it, it's my favorite watch. That that it's watch my favorite too is, watch. It's held its value. Like how many of those yeah. did they they made a good number of those too? Seven thousand seven. Yeah, you know? and I've heard some horror stories about that particular model. Um, one guy sent his in for service, and FedEx lost it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> So Omega, because it went to Omega, so they gave him a no time to die. But to me, that's not a one to one. It's not a one to one. Maybe a Snoopy would be like equivalent for me. Like that would kind of make it work. But even then, I don't even know if that would totally console me. The value, like the trade off, would be like a little more equal in my brain. Well, and that's that's what's crazy is like most. I don't want to say most of them, but like let's be real. the, The majority of the like the screen watches. I don't want to say that they've like fallen flat with collectors by any means. They're great watches. They're they're very desirable. But like that one is like been the one that is appreciated. It's not like they made seven hundred of them. They made seven thousand of them, and mm. you still can't find them. Like it, it's unbelievable. It's it's a phenomenal watch. The the, the way they designed that the twelve hour bezel. It's just everything about that watch is like like it's a great watch. It's a fantastic watch. Like, and it's the one that I, and I think it's because it's the one that the collectors like the most too. Like the, the, the non bond watch nerds like that watch for all the little touches in it. And you just, you can't find them. And it is, it is just kind of funny because normally a bond watch, a little bit over asking a little bit over MSRP, you know, the, the limited ones make sense a little plus or minus, yeah. but like that one, no, yeah, that one, but- that one's, that one's, a, that one's a tough one. That's a toughie. Yeah. <laughs> I have a sus- sneaky suspicion that when we see like one or two left, it's going to get in that 18 to 20,000 range. And then everyone's just going to hold on to them. And then they're going to become this rare piece. And the, oh, so the other story is, is this guy, <laughs> I heard this from, from an Omega employee like a couple of years ago, this guy had his on his dresser and someone came in in the middle of the night when he was sleeping and stole it off of his counter. That's like, insane. and then he, and then he found it two months later, or the cops found it at a pawn shop, and the serial number was kind of scratched out. But obviously, they opened it up and you know figured out what the serial number was on the case, or I mean, on the movement. So I was just like, you know, I I get really weird about that one. I wear it now. I wear it more than I used to because I used to baby it, and I I I it's my travel watch now. I love traveling with that watch. It's perfect for time zone changing and. Whenever I'm somewhere, I could just leave it set however it is. And 
it's just like, you know, I want to, I want to use it. But then there is that little bit of anxiety in my head that I'm like, I'm traveling with probably one of my rarer pieces. And it's just like, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, I wore it on my wedding day. Like there, there's a lot of like nostalgia in that watch for me. So like, I want to use it. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. I just threw it on the Melanese. I just got a stainless steel Melanese for it. And I'm really liking that look on it. So like I, I switched between that. I had a custom um, John Rousseau strap made when I was in New York for my voucher party for it. So I did all Alcantara, black Alcantara with like a gray stitching. And the inspiration came from the DB10 he drove in um, Spectre. Yeah. And the lining of that car and most of the interior was done in Alcantara. So I was like, this would be a cool way to nod to the film. That was not something done by Omega. Yeah. And it was my wife's idea to do a custom strap because like originally I was going to get a watch. And it was just like, at the time, it's just too much going on. You know, you're paying for a wedding and all this stuff. And she finally was like, why don't you just do a custom strap? I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. So she, she, she like ended up putting something on the inside for me. So like on one end of the strap, it has the date we got married, which was like April 29th, 2022. And then on the other side of the strap, it has Shatem, which is, I love you in French, which Bond had used in no time to die. And that was our first bond from when we saw it together in theaters. So there was a nice little nod she did in there, you know, to kind of commemorate, you know, my fandom and, you know, our love of watches and like our wedding. So it was all tied together nicely with nice little bow. So, I mean, it's just cool. Like when you have stuff like that and that's why I'm really getting into the, the legacy aspect of collecting and, you know, what I'm going to pass on and what these pieces mean to me and her, and she's getting into it and it's starting to become like a us thing, not just a me thing. So I'm like really grateful for that. So how did you, how did she kind of get the bug a little bit? That's cause that's something that like, you know, my, I've gotten my wife a couple of watches here and there. It's, it's something that she enjoys. She enjoys that I enjoy, but like, this is, it's not her thing at all. Like it's, yeah. it's more of a thing that she tolerates. It's I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how you're, and you guys are still technically newlyweds for another couple months. Um, yeah, how, yeah. how has that, has that, and is it, is it, is it watches because it, it's easier to be watches than it is for it to be bond. I'm, I'm kind of curious there, like how, how, how cause um, my, my wife and I actually share more, more of a love for bond than we do for watches. Um, so when we met, it was interesting because with her, I, for the first time, I just did not give a fuck. Like, I was just like, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. <laughs> like, I love expensive shit. I like watches. <laughs> like I let it all hang out. Like the the one thing that you never do when you're dating is like, you know, you you show up, you're all neat, you're like the perfect human. You know, <laughs> like like when you first start dating, I was like, I did not care. I was like, this is who I am. I am tired of being, you know, dating people and not being myself and being true to myself. And because eventually those things are going to bleed out. Like, yeah. like you're, you're, you're going to show those sides of you and trying to suppress those aspects of your, of who you are. You know, it's not worth the energy of, of hiding it and then having to have someone understand it after you've gotten so far into a relationship. So I was just like, here, this is who I am. And the watch thing was interesting because, you know, I'm not the type of fan that's like, oh, 
come into my lair. I have posters all over the wall and I have, you know, Daniel Craig's, you know, screen worn jockstrap from when he like did this stunt. And like, <laughs> you know, I don't have that. I don't have that kind of stuff. You know, like I'm the type of, I'm the type of fan that I really appreciate the sartorial aspects of on like the jackets or the clothing, you know, and it's not because I'm trying to create the look he has. It's more or less. I love the connection to the film, but I like the way it makes me feel. And I think that's the same thing with watches. Like I buy watches, not because of what people are going to think about them. I buy them because of how they make me feel when I put them on. It's almost like a power tie kind of feel, you know, like mm-hmm. when I buy a new watch, it's all about how it makes me feel. I don't really give a shit about what anyone else thinks, to be honest with you. Um, so my be, wife, which is how it should be. It's <laughs> how it should be. That's how it should be. Absolutely. And um, my wife, she, she's very, you know, she, when she met me, she was very frugal, you know, like she was a TJ shopper, you know, she likes to, you know, like find bargains, all that stuff. And so like for the life of her, she couldn't understand, like, why are you buying like $150 polo? Like why I need to understand this, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it starts there. You start explaining like, you know, like, no, this is quality. This is, this is a brand that's been doing this for decades and there's a reason why these things cost what they cost you know this is not being made in a factory in china like this is you know being done on a loom and then you know in england so you know she's kind of seen that i have things that are like 12 years old that look like they just came out of the box and i've been wearing them for years and it's because it's made of quality and i take care of them so with the watches you know her first introduction was here here's a diver on a nade i want you to wear it and so she loved wearing it because it was mine, you know? So she's like, oh, this is cool. It's, you know, but she had no idea what she was wearing. I think like it was like the third time she had worn it. She asked me, how much is this worth? Cause like, you know, if I lose it, I'm going to replace it. And I was like, do you really want to know? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I want to know. I was like, that watch is about $5,000. And she like, her jaw like hits the floor and she doesn't understand that. And, you know, like it's a, the, you know, it's a shock. And so, like, then the conversation comes out about, like, Omega and my, my journey and why it's important to me. And still, you're, you're like, trying to – it's like taking a baby and saying, like, okay, you have to be an adult now. Like, it's just – you can't have that kind of watch journey. You have to, you have to like, slowly be brought along. So, it took a little while for her to get adjusted. And the worst part was is when we first started dating, that was when I was going through this whole no time to die debacle with getting the watch. And so I'm like wigging out about a $10,000 watch. And it's like, she probably thinks I'm a lunatic, you know, and she'll tell anyone that was the worst way to be introduced into it. But now we go into the boutique. She's over there taking pictures. She's putting on, you know, a tresser that's like 18 karat. Like it's like moonshine gold, it's like 33 <laughs> grand. She's all like, bam, she's like doing wrist rolls. I'm like, <laughs> who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> but she's, she's come along along. She's come a long way and she understands it a lot more now and she's getting into it. And she's starting to, I, it's for me, it's really interesting to kind of see her journey and to see how her style and taste in, in watches is evolving, but she understands the bond thing. She supports it. Um, she got to see my channel kind of grow because during COVID is when I really started producing content. So, I mean, that was a very long <laughs> like rant, but it, it was a complex question. So that that's kind of how she got into it and how I explained it to her. And it's just evolved, and now she supports it. That's awesome. 
<laughs> I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's it's like three years compacted into like a ten minute rant. So I'm like, I'm I'm just trying to give you guys the best description I could of how she understood it. But she understands the clothing now, and and she understands the watches and why it's important. And it's not every single watch, but like even for me, like the the love of different designs and models that Omega has and other brands. You know, there's pieces I want that aren't Omega, you know, but I've never done it. So, like, it's like, oh, you know, like, as soon as I'm like, oh, I want to get this watch, I'm like, but I want this many Omegas. So, I'm like, (laughs) oh. So, you just kind of get in this weird spot, and I'm just not ready to do it yet. So, I mean, Omega is like my favorite brand, and that's okay. Oh, without (laughs) a doubt. Yeah, the the funny thing is, uh, at the very beginning of your response to the last question, Right, you're, you're like I, I just decided to be be me. Um, I mean, I, I think back to um, when my wife and I met. That the last thing on my mind was, <laughs> you know, that I might meet my wife that night. Like that was the absolute last thing on on my mind that night. Um, what was even you know trying to 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 find a lady. Um, so I, I think that it's actually a uh, you're relaxed. I, I, I think I I truly believe that that's that's what it was, right? You you're so utterly relaxed in a moment like that, and and that just allows uh, allows the magic to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm lucky that she's like in the watches now because. It's like, I don't know if you guys follow um, Mr. Wonderful, but he just did a post and he talked about how, like, if he comes home with another watch, she's going to make, she's going to kill him. (laughs) And uh, it was a great post. And I sent it to her and she's like, yep. And I'm just like, so when I come home and like, I have a, I have a way of like telling her I'm going to, I'm either getting a new piece or I got a new piece. And it's like, you know, it's always starts with somebody. It's like, Hey babe. Uh, so I did something <laughs> and I'll like try to like cuddle her up or I'll try to like grease her up before I tell her like, you know, the bad news, you know, or like, you know, it's just like, I try, if it's anything crazy, like she knows about, you know, beforehand, but there's always like that, that conversation, like, why do you need another diver? It's like, well, this one's different, you know, <laughs> you know, and then you go through all the reasons and her head is like, it's still a diver, you know? So, I mean, I think she's gotten to the point now where she, under- she understands and she trusts like when I'm doing it, there's a reason to it. It's not just, oh, I'm buying this just cause mm-hmm. I'm not that kind of buyer, you know? So I think there's a difference, you know, between I have a reason for this and I'm just buying it to buy it. Yeah. So I don't know. Are you guys the same way? Are you like a little, like what's your process when it comes to new pieces? It's been interesting um, since we've been doing this podcast and, and being exposed to like a lot, a lot of different watches. You know, I kind of started in one vein kind of, you know, the typical collector cycle. It's like you start with the one watch and then it's like, Oh, I got a diver and I need a chronograph. And now, you know, I need, I like the, you kind of go through the whole collecting circle and you, you kind of figure out what you Kind of like, and I actually don't. We, we argue about this a little bit. Like, I don't consider what I have a collection. I have an assortment of watches that I like. 
Um, whereas <laughs> honestly, Lorenzo, you would, you will probably be one of the people I would say is definitely a collector because there is a throughway. There is a theme for the watches that you own. You look at what I have. There is not a theme. There is no rhyme nor reason. For a while, I thought I was a diver guy, and then I bought three consecutive chronographs. Like it just, it, it it's all kind of all over the place. Um, but I've kind of learned what I like and brands that I like what they stand for a little bit, you know, and and, and kind of like understanding kind of their their process and the value that they they bring. Um, and you know, obviously, us talking about watches for over an hour, including pre-show and everything, and I mean, this podcast is well already well over an hour, and that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Once a week for the last three years, you know, the process has evolved a little bit, but like, I don't want to say you get a little jaded, but you kind of do. Like, there have been fewer and fewer things that have come out and be like, you know, when I started this, it was like, oh man, this is so cool. I want to get one of those or I want to get one of those. It's like, okay, you've got like 30 watches on your list. You obviously aren't buying all of those next week, Michael. So like, let's figure out what we're going to do here. (laughs) Um, There have been fewer and fewer things that have given me, as James May from Top Gear would say, the fizz, Um, you know, and and, and the most recent one was the last watch that I bought. Well, not the last watch that I bought because I bought a Seiko, but those, those are like, those are like you know those the the, the Seiko fives can be like candy bars. Like you you can, you can go and get one of those. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> it was the it's a Oris um, PPX the thirty nine millimeter one that they just came out. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, it's I've seen that one. It looks yeah. like a, it, to me it looks kind of like a uh, uh, an F twenty two or an F thirty five. Like just a stu- like just the bracelet. Yeah. We, we had the big boy in for review with the skeletonized dial. Skeletonized dials don't really do it for me. And forty five millimeters was a little bit big for my wrist. But we we had uh, Josh, who's their uh, director of communications for North America, on um, just to talk about Formula One. So a couple of buddies and us were on talking watch guys talking about Formula One. You know, honestly, probably about a year, year and a half ago, not a year and a half ago, about just under a year ago, right before the season started. And the other two guys dropped off and Josh was like, hey, you're going to get an email about this tomorrow, but do you want to see it tonight? And I was like, of course. So he showed me the pictures of that watch. And like we had VJ, their their CEO of the Americas on, you know, gosh, probably a year and a half before that when we had the, the, the big boy in for review. And we we're like, this watch is awesome. But like if you made it like instead of in 45, if you made it like 40 or 41, maybe not a skeletonized dial, like maybe added a cool complication like this would be so cool. And like essentially the watch that Josh showed me that night was the watch that we had asked for two years ago. And I was like, what like when one's available, Josh, let me know. I'm, I'm buying one. Like, I'm getting so, one. Yeah, I'm getting like and I'm, I moved a couple pieces out of the collection and I – I, I snagged it as soon as I could. Like it was that was the watch. I was like, yeah, I have to. I absolutely have to have that. But those those moments have been fewer and farther between, because as this as I've been into it, I've learned it's been easier to say, oh, I like that, but like that, you know, I don't know that I'd wear that, or like I know what I'd wear, know what I like, I know what I want to bring in house. I like you, you just kind of get to that because we've seen so many and we follow this, we talk about this all the time. I mean that that's kind of been where I have landed, and we've talked a little bit about more being content with the collection or you know if you're going to do something or, or do like it, it's the whole idea of you don't need to be doing something just to be doing something you, like you, you, have, right. you got more you sense said with the 60th like I, exactly you got more sense yeah. than that and there's there's it has to be something that really draws you in like like you said earlier with the 60th anniversary which like there are some things about that watch that you absolutely love and it's probably going to find its way into the collection for those reasons that makes sense instead of just saying oh it's a cool new amiga i like it yeah i'm gonna go out and buy it it's like it's there's, oh there's a little bit more of a process <laughs> it's like 
like I, I don't want to like take any shots at Ro- Rolex fans right now, but like they kind of get a bad rap when it's someone who's an actual fan versus someone who's just wearing it for clout. Yeah, and that's why when someone has one, uh, the first question I ask, I always ask them, "So why do you wear Rolex?" And if they don't have a like what I would consider like a a legit reason to like the watch, like, Oh, my dad used to wear them or, you know, like my boss had one and I really liked the design and he talked to me about it and I started research, you know, if there's no depth there and it's just like a, this is the response that just like gets under my skin. Well, it's a Rolex. And I'm like, Oh God, like, like, so yeah. if I told you like a Geo Metro is an amazing car and everyone has them, you're just going to go buy one. Like, like, no, you're not going to do that. That's it's the most asinine thing. Like response. So I just feel bad for like ro- like true Rolex collectors because they have to deal with this this like crowd that is not like a true fan, and so like I think they get a bad rap, um, you know, and it's just it's kind of shitty. But like there are good Rolex collectors out there, and I've met them, and th- you know those are the ones I I have an admiration for and an appreciation for. You know, and that's how I feel about Omega. Like the brand is something um, for me that I connect with. It's something I'm proud to be a part of, and it represents what they're doing with their brand. Is it represents what what I believe in, and that's you know growth and innovation and continuing to push push forward in what they're doing. Now, sometimes they make me want to pull my hair out because I'm like, where where is the bronze gold bracelet or the <laughs> ceramic bracelet we want? I don't care if it's fifty grand. I want it to be just, in existence. You just know, even give me a rubber strap with the, like the bronze gold tank buckles. Yeah, something. something. <laughs> you know, you can do it. Just do it. You know. So I just, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, but that's fine. Like, like those are like little gripes. Yeah. But it's just like you know you have to you have to like do things because you believe in them. And and I feel like when you're going to spend this amount of money, like one of my rules is, is I could give a shit what the value is. Like I don't, the only reason I keep track of values is to speak to them. I don't care. I'm not going to sell my watches because they're a part of a collection. You know, I've never sold one. So like for me, it's just high anxiety to think of like having to take one of my children from the box and say like, okay, little buddy, here you go off to another friend, you know, like, <laughs> I just, I, I haven't done that. So it's, again, that's a whole new experience, but I think what I was trying to get at was, is like, you know, you said how, like I have a collection and, you know, I have a direction you and you envy that. Like for me, I envy you because like, I am yet to go into the store and buy a watch that purely is for Lorenzo, you know, like, like it, it's everything I bought is, you know, attached to bonds. You know, I want to get a piece that, I genuinely like, but my taste is evolving so fast right now. And it's changing so much. Like, I'll be honest with you, like everything that I have, that's a bond watch. I would not pick anything like that for myself. Like, it's kind of funny. So like, I mean, I just tried on the bullhead Seamaster and I was in love with that watch. That is a wild one. I was like, this is, and I was like, you know, I've seen that watch years ago and I was like, Oh, what an ugly watch. Now I'm like, this is sick. This is so different. Oh my God. I love this. You know, like this is, this is a statement piece, you know, and like it's that, or it's like the, the, the new ultra deep, you know, with the mantra logs. Yeah. Like I, it's just like, I put that thing on, you know, I got pretty big wrists. So like, I, I feel like I wear it pretty well, but 
I also have 34 and 35 millimeter dress watches, vintage watches that I wear too. So I was getting over that phobia of, oh, I'm a 41, 42 millimeter case guy. <laughs> it's like, no, no. I'm like, I can do like 34, 33, like all the way up to 46. Like, like I don't care. You just have to be confident enough that it's a, it's a watch and you're, and if you enjoy wearing it, then it doesn't matter. Right. So I have a story about that bullhead chronograph. I've seen one, Ooh. I've seen one in the wild, one in the wild. Really? Yes. Um, Buzzy, you know this story because I sent it to the Red Bar group chat. I saw that watch in line at the gas pump at Costco. Yes. The no gent- way. Yes, yes. The gentleman wearing it, the gentleman wearing it was filling up. Again, this is at Costco in Mason, Ohio, was filling up a McLaren uh, uh, 720S <laughs> long tail. Carbon fiber with orange accents. <laughs> And was wearing Love a it. bullhead chronograph. Love <laughs> it. Just like at Costco. Again, like you're just like all of these things together. It's like, first of all, was not expecting to be seeing that car next to all the rest of us at Costco. It's typical. Uh, Costco second, car was not car. expecting him to get out and have a bullhead Omega chronograph on. <laughs> just like it was just the most ridiculous combination of things. Um but so unlikely. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're like, it's okay. It's like, let's, let's, it's uh, what, what are those things called? Um, where you fill in the blank. Um, Mad, Mad Lips. Yeah. Like Mad Lips. Mad Lips. Mad Lips. It was like oh, a Mad, Mad Lips. Lips. Mad I was Lips. at a random st- Costco and somebody drove up in a, it could have been Geo Metro, but McLaren came up and he <laughs> was wearing a Casio. No, he was wearing a Omega <laughs> bullet chronograph. <laughs> Choose your own adventure book. Yeah, exactly. Let's pick three random things. But, um, Anyway, so we're, we're we're at the hour twenty mark. I do want to I do want to talk a little bit more. You, you talk about the content in the channel. We know about the Blunt Instruments podcast. Um, let's talk a little bit more about about the YouTube channel and some of the content you've put, been putting out there before we close with a final question about the collection direction. Sure. So so talk to us a little bit about the uh, the the channel. One where we can find you. Then kind of like what obviously I think it's James Bond related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my main my main stick is is instagram i do omega bond watches on instagram and honestly it's just a daily journey of my my collection and you know me and bond-esque moments you know so um you'll see like a wrist roll here and there you'll see a shot you'll see me in a boutique trying on a bunch of wild ass watches like a bullhead you know like i i really try to create based on what i'm feeling and what it is that um inspires me so i think that's what a lot of my followers would say they enjoy about my pages is like it's kind of random what i'm posting obviously it's centered around bond so there's going to be other elements you know whether it's clothes or food or drink or locations um and then the youtube which (laughs) i took forever to like finally get like enough like equipment together to start doing these things and it's funny i was like gearing up to film one today and i just ran out of time we have our wedding thank you cards we're finishing up finally and i got distracted by those and so i was just like 
I'm feeling a little froggy. I might, I'm being, I'm so motivated by this. I might actually record it after this, this recording. So, but it's going to be about the, um, the 60th and it's going to be what I'm calling it a, a, an ultra deep dive playing on the Omega words of the 60th from my perspective. And I'm going to really like pick it apart and kind of talk about my, my current journey with this watch and where I'm at with it and why I might not, might not get it. You know, like the things I'm kind of hesitant about and why I think it's a piece you should have and a piece you shouldn't have. Because again, there's a lot of questions you have as a collector of like, should I get this? Should I not? What am I missing out in by getting this piece? So you start asking yourself those questions, but, um, so the YouTube is like, kind of like a slow burner. Like it's, it's, it's coming along, but I have only seven videos on there, but there's like one about my first watch and the production quality is not that great. But if you want to hear the story and kind of see someone fumble around on YouTube, that's, that's going to be me, but the quality has been getting better as I've gone along. So I'm hoping to put more effort into that. And then other than that, it's just, you know, we have the blunt instruments podcast, but we just announced we're doing our final episode. Um, my partner, me and Luke, uh, just, we both, I just got a promotion and he just got a promotion at work and time is just, we're not lining up that well. And so we were going to do like once a month and then we kind of talked about it and I was just like, you know, like, where do you think, dude, do, do you want to keep going? Are you still motivated, motivated like you were, you know, he asked me the same question. I think we both kind of came to the conclusion that it has nothing to do with anything other than I think we're just like, we have reached a point where we're okay, you know, with it being over, you know, and it's that's fine you know like it's not like we're never going to do anything together again like we talk about like doing some youtube videos together you know like and things like that but there's like the the main reason for it is just i think we are just like wanting to spend more time on our individual channels we've collected you know and and worked on and i feel like the podcast has been suffering because we put so much focus in our individual channels and so it's there being weak or fine. There's, there's no issues. It's just, I think it's just for us. It's like, okay, we're good now. Like, like this is it's run its course. And so, um, is it done for forever? I, you know, I can't speak to that, but for right now we're going to be done, you know, who knows, maybe in 10 years we're like, let's do it again. You know, no one knows. The nice thing about podcasting so, is it is pretty easy to, to turn it off and turn it back on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's really easy it, to turn it off and turn it back on again. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's so like, trust me, this is great for me. Like coming on as a guest, <laughs> that is like, I'll do these all day long. You know, like <laughs> I love it. You guys manage it. I'll show up. I'll do the talking and, and you guys can ask me all the questions, but when you're running it, it's a lot of work. And like, you know, you guys are over a hundred episodes. Like I, I, I really commend you guys. Cause it's a lot of work and I hope your followers realize that and like, really like appreciate, you know, the time you guys sacrifice in your channel. And I know as, as a fellow podcaster, like, you know, it takes a lot of work and, you know, a commitment to being consistent. And so like, you know, you guys have a really great program going on here and you know i'm just really grateful you guys felt compelled enough to invite me on so thank you oh no pleasure is all ours it's yeah we appreciate that and it it, you know we we try to keep it as light and and as easy as possible um which is why we found software that can help us do the vast majority of it without having to be tech wizards on uh 
on the editing page. Once I, I do feel bad though because for a while, like the software had that capability to mix the soundtracks for us, and I didn't realize it. And Spangler, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, would it be easier?" I said, "It says." He goes, "Yes, absolutely, yeah. do that." And now you know he's he's in his third year of veterinary school or fourth year. He's in his last year, however many years animal doctors go to school. He's in his last one. Um, so he's, he's been taking some time off from editing. So I've been the one handling that, but yeah, the, the mix button is fantastic. Um, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. But uh, <laughs> no, we, we appreciate you coming on, but before, before we go, you know, you, you've mentioned sure. that you're, you're looking at kind of outside of the collection and looking for something for Lorenzo that speaks to kind of, you know, what you're looking at, like what, like, what direction do you see yourself going? I mean, and let's be real here. I'm, I'm not going to throw any shade here. The Ultra Deep, fantastic watch. Definitely different than a lot of the other things in the Bond collection, but it is still a planet ocean. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean you're not I, going terribly far. I'm not going <laughs> terribly far, but I will say, like, so a lot of people ask me, when are you getting a Speedmaster? And it's almost like a joke now because it's like, I know how iconic it is. Let's, and I love the watch. It's a great watch. It's, it's timeless, but I will be, I will be completely transparent right now. The more that people egg me on, they'll get one. The more I'm being resistant to it because I'm like, I don't, uh, you, you know, like I'll get one eventually. Like, like it's not going anywhere. It's not either like we're not making speedies anymore. That's true. I think for me, if I'm going to get a speedy, it has to be something epic. Like it has to have so much meaning to me that it's one, what? Have it. Mission to Neptune Moon Swatch. It's got the Bond theme <laughs> and it's not <laughs> strictly speaking a Bond watch. It's kind I of love crazy. it. I love it. I saw I saw Daniel Craig wear that watch and I was like, you son of a bitch. Like like I pretty much like in that moment decided I need to have all of them now. Like (laughs) I have one, I have the Mars. Nice. I bought it and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to wear this when I go get a, like a cocktail. Like that's the only time I'm going to ever wear it. I think I wore it to work the other day because I was feeling like it was like coming back around for me. It's been a year since they came out and I wore it in and I was like, God, I was like, I really need to get more of these just to have for fun. So I have that like little collector sickness where I like need to have things. I'm a completist. So like now I'm like coming back to it and I'm like, shit, now I want to get them all. I want to get, and and, I haven't got one yet and I want to get one. I think for me though, I think it'd be a great golf watch. I like to time my rounds and I always wear a G-Shock and and I swing too hard to wear anything heavier than a G-Shock. So the moon swatch fit right in. No problem. And I could time, time the round. I just, just to stop. I just like to like to know how, what the pace of play was that day. Um, and then, uh, I think it'd be a great fun watch to have for golf. Dude, I just picked up golf. Like literally I played my first nine holes and I went to the range a week ago and strained my shoulder. Uh. (laughs) So, I, so I'm like recovering right now. Were you and wearing like, a Planet Ocean? Because that'll do it, man. <laughs> Ultra deep. <laughs> no, I was wearing. What did I wear? I uh, the first when we went golfing. The first, when we played the nine holes, I wore, I wore my quartz golden. Eye okay, because on a on a Hirsch strap, so it was it's super light yeah. when you wear it with like a leather strap. Yeah. And then the second time I went, 
I had my no time to die on. Oh, so titanium. Which, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you could definitely do that. I was going to say like for me, like, and I think because the weight was not heavy enough. That's why I strained. Oh, okay. Shoulder. See, I wore that, that citizen <laughs> I was talking about. This is a citizen eco drive, but it's a 300 meter diver, even though it's pretty yeah. thin and it was on a rubber strap, but I got the worst case of tendonitis in my elbow from wearing that. I took the watch off, stopped playing with it on, went away. So like, I can wear a G-Shock or like a Swatch or probably a Moon Swatch, but like anything heavier than that, I get I, just, I swing too hard. But um, when I hit it straight, it goes a mile, uh, <laughs> and that's fun. It doesn't always go straight though. Um, but that's the old baseball player in me trying to just you know swing as hard oh, as I can. Oh, fellow baseball yeah. player. So, but that's that. yeah, that's uh, that's the if you're starting to golf now, if you're a baseball player, you little little slice little right center action oh all day all day <laughs> little right center all day. i got you slice i got you oh dude oppo yeah oppo exactly talk all day well it's it's funny you're talking um, about that speedy though like i thought the exact yeah. same thing thought the exact same thing and then i got a new job and i was like i kept going in and trying the new one on on the bracelet and i was like you know something it, it's time and it is probably one of my favorite watches to wear in my collection like i i could wear that like i look at that watch i was like i could wear this watch every day and it's because the new one has such a good bracelet. The old yeah. one didn't really do it for it's me. Little, the new one, though, yeah. Oh my goodness! They they they've just in general, Omega's really knocking the bracelet game out of the park right now. They're figuring it. Yeah, out. they're they're slowly like, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do a redesign on the standard bracelet for the Seamaster next. Yeah, like I don't think the Melanie's is the answer. I think. I would like to see him go to a three link bracelet that's tapered. Yeah. I mean, the five links, a classic bracelet. I get it, but it's no one's into that chunkiness. Like, like it's just, it, it's, a, it, it's just like, it's time for the bracelet to kind of be changed. Yeah. So I'd like to see him do something with that. But, um, so with the speedy, um, I want something epic. Um, if Omega's listening right now, if you send a Snoopy my way, I will literally buy it right now. <laughs> like, like that's the type of type of level of, and not because of it being like you know what it is. You know, I just know it's like coveted by Omega collectors, and you know, I would appreciate that my first speedy being something of that nature. But another one is the Ed White. Like, I absolutely adore that watch. You know, the 321 move it, movement is classic, and I got a chance to try it on once, and I loved it. It's a 39 millimeter, so I don't have many watches that, you know, that are mid sizes. I mean, I guess you'd call it a 40, but I mean, to me, anything under 41 millimeters is like rare in my collection. So I love the nod in that, the old Omega logo and stuff like that. So I, I think of things like that. I thought about getting a Speedy that was like my birth year, 1987. So I've like kind of circled the drain on a few things, an Ultraman, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, just paying the premium and getting something like that. The problem I struggle with with the Speedmaster is is that it's not. <laughs> I'm terrified to take anything like that in the water, <laughs> not being water resistant. It's like a diver, yeah. you know, like, and I know it's water resistant, but still, I just. Oh, after that pool forming in my diver, I just like I'm, I have a lot of anxiety about that. <laughs> yeah, that that's. But prudent of you. I mean, that's yes, that's pretty devastating. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and look, I'm going to get a speedy eventually, but will it be the first of my watch outside of my collection. No, I really love the Proploff. Oh. I think it's such a great watch. Um, 
just to like let out a little bit if i were to get one i would get the all white one and i would put an orange rubber strap on it because i want to call it the orange sherbet so like i think that'd be like a really cool like different watch to have a unique like loud watch to go with my you know my saline you know so like i mean i just want to have something very unique you know at one point i wanted the 300 the the new um heritage 300 in blue and i was like god this is very similar to what i have yeah so like i'm trying to get away from that there's a, a deville i've been eyeing up i'm um, a prestige it's got like this like um it's like a white like it almost looks like a waffle dial and it's like gold and it just looks really rich and exotic and it's a dress watch and it's different i like the hour vision i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. you know you can see the movement on the side of the case like so those are there's a, like a lot of different models that i kind of like look at i couldn't tell you what it would be i mean if i was to pick one but the bullhead i mean that stroke a lot of good notes for me when i put that on so well it's funny seamaster but it's so unique oh completely but buzzy i mean i'm I'm thinking a nod to lorenzo's past yep me too Um, a watch that we we both buzzy and i are like two of the only two people in the united states who were really big fans of this watch could we could we interest you in an omega constellation the con as it really (laughs) we are are huge fans of that watch neither of us own one uh, I feel like I will eventually uh-huh. get kind of like a mid '90s two tone version of that watch because, like, that is the one that, like, one you can pick them up for next to nothing on eBay, and I feel like it has to be a two tone because that watch is so late '80s, early '90s that, yeah. like, it's it's got to be it's got to be a two tone watch. And I think I love the the I actually really like the model they just discontinued. I like the new bracelet on the one that just came out, but I wouldn't get the 41 with the ceramic bezel and everyone's like, Oh, the ceramic bezel really changes. I was like, no, the ceramic bezel ruins it. It is not a constellation anymore. It needs to have a metal bezel with those Roman numerals in it. So like to me, the 39 millimeter on the metal bracelet that has like the little half bars. And if you did that in Sedna gold with a Sedna gold bezel, chef's kiss, that is my watch right there. (laughs) That is the one like that to me. It's just, it's the, it's the integrated bracelet sport watch that Omega's had for 36, 37 years that they don't know what to do with. (laughs) I mean, I really wish they would like kind of like, I I always want them to kind of go back to the old, like Seamaster DeVille design, the super thin on a leather strap. Like, find a way to put a coaxial movement in it. I don't care if it's, it's a little bigger than those, but at least get the thin aspect of it down, like the old traditional, like thin casing and just, Oh God, that, that would be, that would be something. Yeah. That would be really something, you know, like I have a, my, so I have a vintage three twenty one that was worn at the end of Spectre chronograph with Seamaster chronograph. And I just, when I put that watch on, there's just so, it just hits so different than all my other watches. And I love it because I'm like, God, this was like such like a thing back then. I wish they would kind of go this route with their DeVilles, you know, like go like vintage vibed, thin casing, you know, leather strap, very tastefully done, you know. But no, the constellations get no love. They don't. I mean, I love the Globemaster. The Globemaster, that's a cool little watch. It is. I don't I don't know where you guys are at on that one, but I really dig the, I really dig that one, and I think Clooney wore one in that new movie just did uh, Tickets to Paradise, so it's a really cool titanium little piece he did. But I mean, it's not like the the Roman numeral metal band, oh, yeah. you know, like bezel. Yeah. So my wife, I just bought her one of those. The constellation. So 
Yeah, so little do people know there was one worn inspector by Madeline Swan, the only Omega she wears during her tenure in the films, and it's when she's in the clinic and you can barely see her turn her wrist over with it on. <laughs> so I got my wife that one for Christmas. That's awesome. And that's yeah. that's something that I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sickness. <laughs> <laughs> so now she has a money penny watch. She has a Nomi watch and now she has a Madeline watch. So she has the trifecta, There you go. but now she's like wanting something gold. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like heavy, heavy breath. Yep. I'm like, do you know how many divers or, or, or speedies I could buy for one gold watch? Several. So probably buy about three or four. Several. Maybe five. Several. Depending on how conservative I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it, I think it'll be a good goal for me to like kind of get one for her. So we'll see. It won't be anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are this this is actually gonna take I'm yeah. I'm kind of surprised. This is gonna take the the record for um the podcast. This is gonna be the longest episode we've done. Um which wow. I am I am impressed. Um, but before Hopefully we, it was interesting before we go, it was very, <laughs> it was like, I, I, this is, Isn't this has been, this has been a fantastic conversation. The fact that we're, I'm like, I'm shocked that it's an hour and 40 minutes. We're like, Oh, this, this was, this is actually kind of flown by. Um, I mean, yeah. I can keep going. Yeah. I mean, no, well, I feel good. Before we go, I have one more question that I want to ask, but before sure. we go, uh, we forgot that it is a new year. And for our listeners, that means it's a new you. And now that it's after the 17th, we can talk about the fact that Manscaped, our friends at Manscaped, now have a line of hair care products for above the waist. That's right. They got a beard trimmer now. They have a beard trimmer and they have uh, beard lotions and oils. I can't really speak to um, you know to, to, to having used these yet because it is still in route. I'm very excited, though. Uh, I, I'm still rocking the beard. Uh, I haven't trimmed it in a while, much to my wife's chagrin. Um, but it's because I'm really looking forward to trying out the new hedge trimmer, which is uh, what they've called it. So I am, I'm really excited. I think it has 20 different clicks to adjust um, uh, the, the, the guard. Like It's got a built-in guard over the ceramic blades that's built in that kind of adjusts up and down. So I'm really excited about this. If it's anything like the lawnmower, I'm, I'm, it's going to be purpose-built, very ergonomic. I'm pretty stoked about this. Hopefully it arrives this week, and by the time we record next, we can talk about you know taking it from from this kind of unkempt uh, situation down to a much tighter, just a little bit longer than five o'clock shadow, and see how that goes. But I'm really excited. New year, new you, and Buzzman. If our friends are interested in this, friends, listeners, friends of the show, if you wanted to let them know that we sent you, how how could how could we how could you let them know that? Yeah, th- this promo code is going out to all those guys, even our haters. Okay. Yes. Buzz cut. Yeah. 20% off and free shipping. Yes. Oh, I'm getting one of those. Yeah. For sure. I'm gonna try it, it out. Rolls. Exactly. Buzz cut. It yeah, the the the, the lawnmower, the uh, the other one is the uh, the weed whacker for the nose and the ear hair. Just top notch. I used Just, that for my ear hair cool. yesterday. And you know something? I, I like I said, when I have the mustache, there has to be a line of demarcation. You know, you can't be the guy who's got the nose hair growing into the mustache. That is Oh no. You can't no, can't can't be doing that. So Pro, what's that? What's that promo code? One more time, Buzzman. Buzzcut. Twenty percent off and free shipping. Let them know we sent you. All right, Lorenzo. It's been a pleasure, but I have to ask before we end, and I'm not going to give my opinion because I don't really have one yet, and I'm sure Buzzy doesn't okay. either. Who do you want to be 007 next? Because you know oh. there's going to be another one. They're going to re- they're going to resurrect him. Who do you want to play him next? Yeah. 
I don't think he's going to be picked, but my number one pick is Henry Cavill because I just love the man from uncle. And I think he's great in that. And the fact that he was runner up to Daniel Craig the first time, you know, he tried for, you know, I just, I think Henry has the, the, the suaveness down. I feel like he's a good in between Brosnan and Daniel Craig bond. And I miss a little bit of Brosnan in my life, but I also want my bond to be a badass. So I need like an in-between and I feel like he would hit fit that bill. My heart says that it's going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson though. Um, have you guys seen bullet train yet? No, I have not. He's in that. Uh, he's in a few other things. That's the one that just sticks out in my mind right away. You need to watch that. I, it, I think it might sell you on it. So he double, he, he has a brother in that film. Brad Pitt's like the star of the film, but they're hitmen and his brother's black and it's kind of funny and like they play off each other and he's just like a badass in that film. So like if you want like a little preview of what Aaron Taylor Johnson would look like as Bond, check out Bullet Train. Um, I think it's on HBO Max now, but um, I think he'd be a good Bond. I think he would fill in really well. I think he falls more on the Daniel Craig side, but he does have that young spry kind of like feel to him so i think that's who it could be but in my heart i would really like it to be henry cavill what about you guys do you guys have a pick you know i i could see henry cavill i don't really have a pick i don't really know like i can't i, I can think of a couple of people who would have been good but they might be kind of past it yeah um but like uh, my number one pick that's passed is michael fassbender would have loved him to be bond i could have seen i could oh. see that i mean th- there's a couple of other um Oddly enough, do you remember the um, the BBC series uh, Fleming, the man who would be Bond? The guy who played yes. Fleming in that actually would have been pretty – I can't remember his name, but I think he would have been a great Bond. Um, but he's probably just a little bit um, – um, Dominic something, I think, was his name. I can't remember. But I thought he would have been great. Like there's a couple of them, but you're just like – I, I don't know, and then I guess I guess are they gonna at the end of every actor's run are they gonna start killing Bond and like Bond's we're gonna see him die? I, I just I don't really. I think you. I think you get to do that once. Yeah. I think that's it. I think you did it. You you, you shocked everyone. Congratulations. Don't ever do it again. I, it was just it was a <laughs> weird way for for that to. Oh man, thing. I. Uh, it, it's it, so not only did I go ahead. Not only did I wait two years for this movie to come out. Uh, I got to go, so it was really cool. I got to go to a press screening of it. So I saw it the same time they did the royal premiere. So they did it for a lot of us. Uh, people reviewing the film and content creators were invited. And so I went and saw it. So it was at noon on a Tuesday here in Vegas and people in London were watching at 8 PM. And I'm in there with like 20 other strangers that are like writers, you know, they're movie writers and I'm there by myself. Couldn't even bring my wife. So I'm like watching this film. I've been waiting two years to see. And then I see him blown to smithereens. I mean, I was ready to just go jump off a balcony wherever I could find one. Like, it was just like the worst. Oh, that's not how I wanted to leave that film in that moment. Like, it was just brutal. Like, it's interesting because I recently watched Top Gun Maverick. And there are some things like everyone talking about how it was like this, like one of the, like it, 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 it was the best movie I'd seen in 2023. Cause it's at this point still the only movie I've seen in 2023 with the three little kids. <laughs> um, it was a good movie. I liked it. To me, though, it accomplishes a much better send-off for that character than No Time to Die did for Daniel Craig's version of Bond. Like, 
like there, there could have been if you watch the end of Maverick, and I'm not going to put any spoilers on it. Although it's been out for almost a year, and it took me this long to see it, which is ridiculous considering <laughs> how much I like the original. Um, it, it, it to me was like a send off if if Tom Cruise had done like Top Gun one, two, three, four, five, and this was like six. Like this, it was like the perfect yeah. right off into the sunset type of of moment. And the fact that like they thought that for Daniel Craig's version of Bond that this was the way to send him out, like I mean. Kill him, don't kill him. I don't care, but it's just like it was just really. You could have ended that movie in a bunch of different ways that didn't involve that, but it yep. seemed like they were hell bent on we're killing this guy. And it's like, did you really need to do that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so there were two alternate endings I heard about. Um, one of which w- that I know was filmed. So the first one. Um, I heard this is the, this is not the one that I knew they filmed. So the first one I heard that what was supposed to happen is the explosion goes off. He gets blown down into this bunker and he's like, you know, you can't really tell what's going on. He's discombobulated. You don't know if he's alive or dead. And then in the shadows, he has like the ghost. (laughs) This is going to sound ridiculous there's a ghost image of Vesper that comes back and she tells him that this is no time to die. And then the screen goes black. That was supposed to be one of the endings I heard. The other ending was supposed to be, you see the explosion and then it goes white. And then Madeline and Matilda are on a beach and in Goldeneye, you know where he was. And they're playing in the sand and there's a bar and behind them and behind like a tree or something, you'll see his silhouette, but there's no like, you know, that's like the dark Knight rises kind of ending. Yeah. So that was the other one. That one I heard was filmed um, because there's an outfit that, you know, he wore, you know, that, that was like, you know, unspoken of. So that was the other one. But I mean, you know, these things change all the time. I know they changed to nanobots. Originally it was supposed to be like a virus. That wouldn't have no. been too no, well with everyone. No, it would not yeah. have. <laughs> the winner's bad timing award. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine they released that film in April? They said, fuck it, we're going to release it. And they don't change anything. And the pandemic happens. That would have been like, I mean, that could have went one of two ways. Like, yeah. it could have been like, everyone would be like, we got to watch this. Or it would have been like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, and then they don't, no one watches yeah. it. So. It just would have been weird, yeah. but yeah. So they changed it to the nanobots. I heard, and I don't know. I I wasn't a fan of the ending. Now I understand it. I appreciate it. It is what it is. But I'm with you, dude. Like, eh, that's not how I want to end that film. Top Gun Maverick, 100, yeah. percent my favorite ending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. The ending of that movie was was Goldeneye, like the middle of of Goldeneye, kind of. <laughs> like the ending of Top Gun Maverick, very Goldeneye esque. <laughs> There's yes. some moments in there. <laughs> anyway, very very golden eye. <laughs> it was it was it was kind of funny, but anyway, well, we've never hit the 2 hour mark. I don't know that we're going to do it tonight, but we've gotten pretty pretty stinking close. Lorenzo, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, you know, when they come out when they when they do a little announcement on who's going to play next when they pick up with Bond 26, we should uh we should have you back on and and shoot the breeze uh, mm-hmm. on that and maybe maybe by then you'll have that Snoopy maybe who knows you know i just you know maybe reynald reach into his little bag of tricks and say you know what that guy Lorenzo should get in snoopy you know like who knows but uh guys thank you so much uh buzz spence thanks for having me on uh i'll come back anytime new bond watch 
anything, just let me All know. Right, Absolutely. We will, um, we will take you up on that. Yeah, we will take Thanks you up fun. on that. Yeah, Believe me. Awesome. Wow, awesome. guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, until next time, hope everybody enjoyed this. See ya.